Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Are you looking for a way to save a little money? What about getting your subscriptions under control? If so, then I've got just the solution for you. Rocket Money. With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find a subscription that I completely forgot to cancel before the free trial was up. I'm sure you've all been there, and Rocket Money can help me cancel it. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each and every month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With them, I can see clearly what my monthly spending is and how it compares to the month before, making saving money and taking control over my finances so much easier. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com Slash morning cup. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning cup of murder. Arguments are made constantly about CCTV and video surveillance. But in some cases, these little cameras see more than any police or witness ever could solving a case and putting a dangerous person behind bars. On December 21st, 2010, a man was sentenced for his crimes. A man who, without CCTV, may have never been caught. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Stephen Griffith was born on December 24, 1969, to a father who worked as a frozen food salesman and a mother who worked as a telephonist. At least, that was her day job. Under the cloak of secrecy, Stephen's mother was considered quite the con artist and would later be convicted of fraud. The pair divorced when Stephen was just 13 years old and the courts placed him and his siblings with their mother, despite her criminal record. It was while living with her in his teen years that he developed the disturbing habit of watching his mother have sex with multiple men out in their garden. 
started shoplifting and on one occasion slashed the face of a clerk he was trying to rob, resulting in an arrest and a sentence of three years in a youth detention center at the age of just 17. While in custody, Stephen was placed under the watch of a psychiatrist whom he told his fantasies about becoming a serial killer. Despite this, he was released a year after his arrest, completely cut off his family, and moved to an apartment in Manningham so he could enroll at the Bradford College in West Yorkshire and get a degree in psychology. This move did very little to stop his criminal activity. In 1989, he was sentenced to 100 hours of community service after an air pistol was found in his possession, one he used to shoot down birds for dissection, and the next year saw another arrest and two-year sentence for holding a knife at a girl's throat. This was also around the same time that he was officially diagnosed as a schizoid psychopath, which, again, didn't seem to change the length or manner of his sentence. Released for a second time, Stephen started a collection of books on various serial killers. While most of us can say we have a book or two on our shelves that might turn a few heads, Stephen's collection was curated so he could study their efficiency, methods, tips, and tricks. He found particular interest in a killer that worked very close to home, the Yorkshire Ripper. In 1998, Stephen was able to find a serious girlfriend, and the pair were together for about two years, only for her to break up with him after coming home one day to find every single surface in her apartment covered in plastic. A later girlfriend would break things off due to his abusive nature, and as a result, Stephen spent the next few years stalking and harassing her. Things only seemed to decline from there. In 2001, Stephen picked up a drug habit and began drinking in excess, spent most of his days on the internet downloading violent porn, bought two lizards that he walked through his neighborhood on dog leashes, wearing a long leather trench coat with slicked back hair, and, according to a former friend, was once seen eating the live baby rats he fed to his lizards. Other friends would describe him as a very odd and Machiavellian misanthrope with a short temper. Despite all that was going on in Stephen's life, he managed to get his bachelor's degree in psychology and enrolled in the University of Bradford for his PhD the following year. His concentration? Homicide studies. Now, Stephen's eccentricities were not just noticed by his few friends and neighbors. For about two years, police kept an eye on Stephen Griffith and had, at one point, seized all of the hunting weapons that littered his apartment. They even contacted the Housing Association in charge of his building after observing him reading books about dismemberment, just one of the hundreds that piled high inside of his home. In response, they put a better CCTV system in the building in anticipation of an incident. On June 22, 2009, Stephen Griffiths, who was well known in the nearby red light district for being kind and helpful to the local sex workers, took a 43-year-old woman named Susan Rushworth home and, as a way to honor famed serial killer Peter Sutcliffe, gave in to his urges, killed and dismembered her in the bathtub of his apartment. Her murder went, for the most part, completely unnoticed. The next to fall victim to Stephen and his long-held urges was 31-year-old Shelley Armitage, a well-known sex worker who dreamed of becoming a model. She was last seen on April 26, 2010, discussing prices with a passing motorist. 
She was missing for several days before her boyfriend, who used her hard-earned money to buy heroin, finally reported her missing to the local detectives. When the news broke, the story spoke of both Shelley and Susan's disappearance, leading many to worry that there was yet another serial killer on the loose in the area. Things went quiet for a moment until Shelley's best friend, Suzanne Blamiers, 36, seemed to disappear off the face of the earth on May 22, 2010. Her boyfriend, who had not seen her in three days, called her mother to see if they had heard from Suzanne. She had not, and knowing what had just happened to two other girls in Suzanne's position, she called the police and reported her missing. With her disappearance came the full confirmation in the eyes of the police that a serial killer was in Bradford. Now, Stephen was taking victims in a post-Ripper era where their failed inquiries led to a number of changes in the police system. This included the development of a dedicated vice squad and the creation of the computerized cross-referencing system, Home Office Large Major Enquiry System, HOMES for short. As they worked diligently to try and figure out how to keep these girls safe while still solving the case of three missing girls, a man named Peter Gee called the police in a complete panic. Peter, the Homefield Court landlord, was reviewing his CCTV footage and spotted something horrifying. A woman fleeing from one of his apartments in the early morning hours of May 22nd, followed by a man who grappled her to the ground and shot her twice at point-blank range with a crossbow. He then dragged her lifeless body back into his apartment before turning to the camera, crossbow held high, and gave the camera the finger. A few hours later, this man, 40-year-old Stephen Sean Griffiths, was seen carrying big black trash bags out of his apartment. One look at the footage and police identified the woman as Suzanne Blamiers. It wasn't long before police showed up at the apartment Stephen had occupied for the last 15 years with an arrest warrant in hand. Another piece of video would later be recovered on his computer containing a naked Stephen Griffiths and a tied-up woman lying in the bathtub with the words, My Sex Slave, spray-painted on her back. She would later be identified as Shelley Armitage. Upon his arrest, Stephen told the police, quote, I've killed loads and admitted to killing Suzanne Blamiers, Shelley Armitage, and Susan Rushworth. He, from what police pieced together and from what Stephen admitted to, would roam through the familiar red light district in the middle of the night to find a victim and bring her back to his home. Though his method of murder is still unknown, with the exception of Suzanne's, which was captured on camera, we do know that Stephen spent time dismembering each of the women and would cook pieces for his consumption, sometimes skipping that step and eating their raw flesh. Whatever he did not consume, he simply placed in plastic bags and dumped them into the nearby lake. Upon speaking to him, it became very clear to police that, had they not caught him when they did, he would have absolutely continued killing. While Stephen awaited his day in court, bits and pieces of his victims were recovered, but the body of Susan Rushworth has never been located. When brought to trial, Stephen Griffiths introduced himself as the crossbow cannibal and pleaded guilty to all three counts of murder against him. He was sentenced on December 21, 2010 to life imprisonment with a whole life order, meaning he will spend the rest of his life behind bars. Since being placed in prison, Stephen has made multiple attempts to take his own life, 
even going on a two-month hunger strike at some point. In the aftermath of his crimes, citizens fought for a fresh look at the laws that could not and did not protect sex workers, with some begging for decriminalization. Laws at the time did not make sex work illegal, but did make working in a brothel a criminal offense, meaning these women were forced to walk the streets instead of work within the regulations of a business. Despite the fact that Bradford is one of the most monitored cities in Britain, according to the West Yorkshire Police, these women were working completely on their own, alone and out of sight, with nothing to protect them from men like Stephen Griffiths. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on December 22nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.